0: is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead.
1: Hi, my name is Jason. And my name is Chris. And this is The Talking Dead, episode 150 for Wednesday, March 5th, 2014. One hundred and fifty. I forgot that it was one fifty.
0: That's awesome. One fifty. That's that's. We're not doing anything special for one fifty.
1: Well, we're. It's Wednesday. Wednesday's always are always special. It is Hump Day. Hump Day, as it were. Yeah. And at one o'clock, uh, it being halfway through the normal workday, that's Hump Hour. Hump Hour. Okay. Hump Hour. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've never heard of that one before, but I agree. I
1: just made it up. Oh, good, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's make that a thing. Hump Hump hour. hour.
1: Yeah, it's exactly
0: halfway through the work week. Okay, everybody, listen. From here on in, I want you to, at work, you'll be sitting there at your desk or operating your belt sander or whatever it is you do at work, I want you to stop and say to the person next to you, hey, happy hump hour. Happy hump hour. And see what happens. Yeah, now you can start next Wednesday since we're, you know, past this week, but we need to make that a thing. Hump hour, not just hump day. I'm actually
1: looking at belt sanders right now. You're buying one, aren't you? I'm thinking about buying a, a belt sander. Well, I'll borrow it someday <laughs> then. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Because every once in a while, you just need a belt sander. Especially if you want to race them. You <laughs> race take them. Down the, tape down the switch and you uh, get a really long extension cord and you race them. <laughs> I bought a 100-foot extension cord today. There you go. Not we per, should...
0: for personal use, for something else. but
1: uh... You should buy a belt
0: sander and we should race them. Okay, that's never occurred to me, but why not, really? Yeah, Google it. <laughs> belt sand- Oh, it's a thing already? Oh, probably. I'm sure I'm
1: not smart enough to think of that.
0: I thought you were on a roll today for making stuff up, hump hour and then belt sander racing. No, the, the hump hour I made up, but the, the belt sander races, I'm sure I saw that somewhere. Okay, interesting. Well, um, that sounds like fun, and happy yeah. hump day and hump hour, everyone. Yeah. Let's begin the podcast for real here, Jason, with an entry in our favorite scene contest. Awesome. This one comes, you haven't even heard it yet, but you know it's going to be awesome, don't you? Uh, no, I'm just excited about the fact that there, there's another one to listen to. Okay, well, there are there are more, so there's no shortage. This one comes from Paul in the UK.
2: Listen, damn it. You step outside, you risk your life. You take a drink of water, you risk your life. Nowadays, you breathe, you risk your life. Every moment now, you don't have a choice. The only thing you can choose is what you're risking it for. Now, I can make these people feel better and hang on that little bit longer. I can save lives. That's reason enough to risk mine. And you know that.
0: Thank you, Paul. That was... everything sounds better with a with an accent <laughs> <laughs> not just british any accent
1: it, it uh, yeah it really doesn't matter but that's a that's a, that was awesome from, just because of the accent and uh because it was very entertaining so that was of course paul performing
0: herschel's speech to his daughter maggie about risking his life basically doing anything in this zombie apocalypse yeah i gotta learn an accent uh why don't you
1: start practicing right now no, I'm horrible at accents, and uh, I'm not going to do one. Scottish, Irish, maybe? Scottish, I think I'd like to learn. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my wife would like me to learn that too, if I could. Oh yeah, yeah. She an accent girl? Uh, well, she's a fan of Ewan and McGregor. Oh, what about oh, he's he's got a nice Scottish accent? He does, he does. What about Benedict Cumberbatch? Does she like his accent? Oh yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is uh is there's a new Sherlock that just started, I think, and she was excited about that. Right. We both love to watch uh, British television, TV, dramas, anything, especially crime dramas. British crime dramas are awesome. If you learned
0: a British accent, you could act them out in your own home. That'd be fun. (laughs) Or something. (laughs) Or something. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, Paul, for that fantastic entry. Please keep sending those entries in, everybody. You can call us on the Zombline. You can email it. You can record it on your phone and send it in, or you can go to our website and use the send voicemail button. As long as you don't yell into your microphone, that sounds pretty good. That's my experience with it so far. (laughs) Right. All right, let's do a few holy craps before we get into
1: the feedback from this week's episode. All right, so the first one is from uh, Victoria. Oh, Holy crap. I Did you see that? Gun <laughs> and then talk right over the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> you just kept going right through the bumper right oh, there. I thought I was transitioning into that beautifully.
0: <laughs> no, you were. You were. It was very well done, except for the fact that you didn't leave space for the, uh, the audio clip.
1: Well, do you want to play it again, or do you want to clean that up, or what are we going to do here? Just keep going? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it that way, and we'll uh, uh, keep right. going. I'm fine with it. All right, so we have uh, Victoria on Facebook. My holy crap, did you see that moment, was the fact that Daryl turns into a mega douche when he's drunk. For the first time, I wondered if he was going to snap and go crazy town like Rick. Just from having a drink, he might have gone to crazy town? Yeah, well, this is why I thought maybe he had an alcohol problem, because he knew he would turn into a mega douche as soon as he had a drink and, therefore, would uh, didn't like drinking. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> if he's going to go to crazy town...
0: I think it is probably more likely that it would be brought on by the fact that he feels so guilty about letting everyone down at the prison, not just because he had a drink. Although maybe the drink
1: would be the straw that broke the camel's back and pushed him over the edge. Right. So I'm just going to put this out here, out there. Uh, Rick went totally to crazy town and was answering telephone calls and that for phones that weren't plugged in. And uh, he was, you know, a bit of a loner and a bit crazy for a while, but he never burned anything down. No, he didn't. He became a farmer for a number of months. He became a farmer. I mean, as far as crazy town goes, hey, let's burn this shelter down that we're living in. Okay, cool. He's <laughs> be... a little more crazy town than uh, than Rick, I think. To be fair, that was more Beth's idea, though. Yeah, but it's one of those things where, you know, it's uh, a bad idea is put to a committee, and the committee votes to go with the bad idea, and then they implement the bad idea. You know who's who's dumber right right? (laughs) yeah that's true
0: and the thing about Daryl though is he's he's had a tough time and I could see him fluctuating back and forth between crazy town and you know the sane village like on a dime almost you know he's he's unpredictable he could go either which way
1: Uh,
0: yeah and I guess when he's drunk he's even worse yeah maybe well, we have a call uh, from Carl in uh, Birmingham, UK.
2: Hello, Chris and Jason. It's a uh, friend of the show, Carl, calling from Birmingham. Uh, long time no speak. Um, sorry that I haven't been in touch recently. Uh, been listening to the show as ever, though, and uh got to say, still enjoying it as much as ever. Um I'm probably going to call in with uh, some other thoughts at some point, but I just wanted to do a quick, uh, holy crap, did you see that for uh, this week's episode? Uh, for me, it was the moment when they were in the uh, the bar in the golf club, and uh, after Daryl decided to smash the peach snaps, um, survivor Daryl Dixon, uh, Mr. Never Takes a Chance, uh, always knows what's coming, uh, walked up to the door and just opened it without even checking that there was no zombies on the other side, uh, which uh, I thought was an incredibly... Brave or stupid move, uh, whichever way you look at it. But uh, I just thought that was a little bit odd. Uh, he said he tends to be on the, a bit of a cautious chap. Uh, suddenly seeing him just whack the door open and stride out into the uh, into the fresh air when they knew there were zombies everywhere. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit of a surprise for me. So uh, that's my holy crap. Did you see that? Uh, I'll speak to you guys later. Bye.
0: Thanks, Carl. You know it's a it's a good point and. What we—one of the things I sort of glossed over in the recap from the last podcast was that as Beth and Daryl were approaching the golf club, the pro shop, there were a bunch of zombies in the field, like on the fairway, sort of coming up behind them, and they had to flee the first room they were in because those zombies made it to the door. Right. So the two of them know that there are zombies outside, that there are are walkers hanging around, yet— Daryl just walks up to that door, flings it open, and walks outside. And not only that, we've seen him, you know, at numerous times before, bang on windows or bang on doors. And, in fact, we've seen other characters do this, too, in order to lure zombies or check for them in a house before they just walk in and do
1: anything. Well, two things. One is that uh, they knew the zombies were chasing them uh, into when they were entered the building, and so they knew where they were. If there were other zombies out there and were trying to get in, they'd probably be banging on the door. So he kind of had a pretty good idea that they weren't trying to get in. He didn't know if there was a herd out there or not, but uh, you know, banging on the window at the uh, the old spot. What's the what's the name of that place? The big spot, mm-hmm. uh, big stop, or whatever it was. Uh, banging on there, banging on the other places is uh, you know a mechanism to get into, to check the inside of a building when you're going into an enclosed space. Whereas going from an enclosed space to the outside world, you know, any zombies that are out there, you know, if they know they're in there, they're going to be banging on the door. If they don't know they're in there, they'll probably wander off. So it's a relatively safe thing to do. You're
0: right. It's going outside is probably more safe than coming inside because outside is much bigger than inside. I've heard that. Yeah. I I rarely get outside to actually check that out, but I've
1: heard that to be true.
0: (laughs) Right well take it from me it is right and and you're right if the zombie was aware of them in there they would probably be up against the door anyways I still think you want to be cautious and he was a little bit haphazard about opening that door and just going out right. um so you know still a a good point by Carl there but you're right maybe it's not quite as dangerous just uh, when you're go when you're leaving a building right but that said I mean it is Daryl and he is generally pretty careful and
1: alert right that's true. So I, I I just figure he knew generally what he was doing, and it was probably a, a safe gamble. Sure. Okay. In my opinion, ultimately it worked out too. So uh, he was right. He, he was. was. Yeah. All right. Next we have a call from Marty in Minnesota.
3: Hi guys. This is Marty from Minnesota. My holy crap! Did you see that moment? It was from the episode still? Right at the cold open, um, you see somebody walk across the road in the moonlight before. The camera pans down to uh, the scene where um, you see the wrecked car. It doesn't look like a zombie because the person moves across there fairly well. So uh, it's really tough to make out, but he is there. So any thoughts? Thanks. Um.
0: Thank you, Marty. That, so I went back and checked because I did not pick up on this uh, either time watching the episode live. Okay. And... There does seem to be a figure crossing the road right in that first shot when the camera's panning down from a shot of the sky or the moon down towards the wrecked car before Beth and Daryl come bursting out of the forest right It's tough to see, and I'll be honest, the reason I think I missed it the first time or the first two times is that a m c is not in high def in Canada or at least it's not uh at least I don't get it so I didn't notice this until I went back and watched the iTunes HD version, which is better quality, and then right. you could kind of see it. And Marty is right. There's a, th- something goes across the road, upright, looks like a person, and it's very smooth, and it doesn't look zombie-ish at all. So it's
1: kind of an interesting catch
0: by Marty there.
1: I'm, uh, I'm going. Oh, yes, there is. There's something that is very smooth
0: you know what is that i don't know it, it it's funny because it almost seems like
1: that's an editing error cuz it looks i think there might be uh like they're merging like in the uh, it's a special effect where they're merging a background with a foreground and that oh sorry it's a branch it's a branch from uh like a stick twig off of a branch that's in in the road in the foreground you think so? Like it it doesn't no, it, it, is. it, it looks... is a branch. I'm watching it in very high definition right now and it is uh it's a little weird, but it's a twig that's sticking up from a branch that's on the road in the foreground. So when the camera is moving down, the branch uh the the twig seems to move across the background and it's in the perfect spot to look like it's crossing the road. But it is not. Okay, I'll have to go back
0: and look at that myself then, because I thought it looked sort of skinny. Like, it doesn't look like a person, it's too skinny. So a branch or a twig would explain that. And the other thing is, it's just so smooth. I also had the thought that it was an editing error where they were doing a special effect
1: of like the sky or something as it met the ground, so. There is, uh, you can see the actual branch on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that stays steady with that uh, that thing that's moving in the background, so you can tell that it's uh, it's part of the foreground and not in the background at all. Interesting. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out, and I suggest
0: everyone else uh, go check it out if you have a copy of the episode from iTunes or some other source. It's, and uh, watch
1: the entire episode in slow motion, <laughs> like one or two frames at a time and and (laughs) and analyze everything and look for stuff that
0: we've missed yes yeah (laughs) all right well good catch nonetheless um too bad it's not a person or some sort of easter egg or something like that but it's
1: just a stick yeah
0: at least by jason's eye i'm right yeah you generally are yeah all right now we're going to move into our listener feedback portion do you want to talk over this one too uh is there a bumper that i can talk over (laughs) Listener feedback. See, I tried to start cool. it when you were still talking there just because it would be funny. <laughs>
1: that was a good try, and uh, I, I totally choked because I was going to talk over it, but I, I couldn't think of anything to say quick well, enough, so I just closed my trap.
0: What, ask me what the secret to good comedy is.
1: What's the secret Timing? to good
0: comedy? Oh. That's <laughs> one of my favorite jokes. Sorry. Yeah, that's a very good joke. <laughs> All right, man. Um, you going to start this section too, or should I? No, you go ahead. All right. Well, this comes from Casey who posted this on our Facebook page, and I just wanted to throw it in here off the top because you were talking about pie charts and percentages last week. Yeah. I mean, I mean on Monday. So Casey went ahead and made a pie chart for you and posted it on our Facebook page, and it broke down like this. And this this is for uh, this week's episode. She, uh, Casey says, Zombies, 25%. Backstory, 22%. Drinking, 13%. Brooding, 33%. And burning, 7%.
1: 7% burning. I love pie charts. <laughs> Do you think those are accurate percentages, more or less? Yeah, I'll go with them. They they look perfect to me. Sure.
0: I 7% burning. 33% brooding. That You could almost apply that to any
1: episode <laughs> in the That's last true. year. That's true. That's true. One <laughs> of my favorite uh, How I Met Your Mother episodes is when uh, Jason Siegel, his character, uh, comes up with a bunch of uh, graphs. He said, this is a pie chart of my favorite bars. And this is a bar chart of my favorite pies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that, but it's funny. (laughs) It's
0: awesome. (laughs) Um, My favorite pie would be some sort of fruit berry pie. Oh, blueberry all the way. No, see,
1: I like rhubarb. You throw a little rhubarb in there, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a preference. I prefer blueberry. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so we have a call from uh, Matt in Wilmington, Delaware. Yes, we do.
4: Hey, guys. Love the podcast. This is Matt from Wilmington, Delaware. I just wanted to chime in about the Terminus signs and I guess the whole seeing the prisoners thing. Um, My theory is that, you know, Terminus is all the way down the tracks. These signs, they are probably making their way away from putting up these signs, getting farther away. It's possible, like you said, that these signs just went up and it's entirely possible that the group that Tyrese and the girls met were the ones that were fighting off the zombies on the tracks, were the ones that were putting up the signs this is as far as they got. And it just so happens that they were the last ones that, you know, were the guys told them about Terminus. So anyway, that's just my theory. He obviously knew about it enough to tell him that there was a great place down the tracks. And I think he was the one or the group was the ones that put up those signs. So keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, guys.
0: Bye. Thank you, Matt. So what do you think about that, Jason, that the guys that were fighting the zombies on the tracks there were the ones actually putting up the signs or or moving away from Terminus to to uh, post those signs to draw other people there?
1: That's an excellent theory, and I kind of like it, and it's too bad uh, we can't stop and ask them.
0: Yeah, I meant... Uh, I. I forgot, to be honest, to go back and check exactly what that guy said before he died, because he said something like, there's this place up this way on the tracks, it's safe, you should go there. But I didn't get the impression, or at least I don't remember that he indicated it anyway that I'm from there. Like, you know, if he was, you think we would have? he would have said something like, I'm from a community that's this way, it's safe, go there, rather than I've heard of this place. But again, I don't remember his exact dialogue.
1: I I don't remember either, and I got the impression that it was a we're heading to this place we've heard about kind of thing, rather than a uh, we're walking away from a safe place in order to tell other people about it kind of thing. Yeah, and that's my
0: uh that's my memory of it too. It's that it came off more like that, not that they'd never been there or they hadn't been there yet. Um but I think you know, it could easily go the other way, I think, that these were people that were sort of putting up the signs, they, they got attacked by these zombies, they got overwhelmed, Tyrese shows up, and the guy's dying, so he's maybe not thinking straight, or, you know, in the heat of the moment, he's not really able to communicate properly, and he sort of says, there's this place, you've got to go there, you know, and he didn't have time before he died, um, to indicate that, you know we're from there we're putting up signs we're we're trying to find new people to join the community because we need all the help we can get and so on so right you know i think it probably could go either way but it's a great theory that i hadn't really considered before
1: yeah no kidding
0: and not only that it explains or it helps to explain why they hadn't seen signs before if they had just been put up like these guys had just got to this point uh and uh that's why and the signs were brand new that's why everyone at the prison hadn't found them before right all right, this is a call from Ben in Oakland.
3: Hi, Jason Chris. This is Ben from Oakland, and I just want to make a couple comments, um, try to keep it succinct. Uh, first off, about this episode, I kind of want to make a, a couple larger points in that Scott Gimple is trying really hard to sort of make up for the mess that Mazar left with, uh, you know, the plot points from the end of the last season with you know, the governor not being very well characterized and all the, uh, the Woodbury people at, at the at the prison. And that part of this bungle is also in the characterization in sense that, you know, the Michonne introduction got bungled, like no one liked her for almost a full season and we're only now starting to get, you know, more characterization on her. Um and that I think, you know, is why we have sort of this episode here where you know the biggest flaw from leading into this was the lack of characterization in a lot of these people. Um and that they only get characterized right before they die, like, you know, T-Dog and Axel and Martinez, they all got their biggest lines and, and most dialogue in the episodes right before they died. Uh, and so that's why I really liked in this episode that we actually got to see more of a well-rounded character in Beth. We finally got to see more than just sort of the one note that Daryl has of the gruff exterior. Um, we actually get to see these characters be people and interact with each other. Um, and as for the actual plot of this episode, you know, you guys say it's sort of slow at the beginning, but I thought it all worked together really well. It all built up to, uh, you know, the big emotional scene that they had later uh, later in the episode. Um, and it was just sort of a nice little vignette in the apocalypse. I mean, what are you going to do if you're bored? Oh, let's go find some booze. Um, and I think that in that adventure, we got to see a lot of, you know, what led to the fight later, like. Daryl, you know, his, you know, the golf club kill where he should have yelled four. uh, It was almost like he was intentionally doing that just to splatter guts all over Beth so that, uh, so he could be kind of just like a dick to her in that, in that sense. Um, I'm just glad that they sort of brought it all together and died and, uh, you know, it it really worked for me. Anyways, uh, that's it. And. Uh, I know you guys done some do zombie sounds, but I'm I'm gonna do one anyway. So uh, here we go. Brain. Brain, All right, thanks guys. Bye.
0: <laughs> thanks, Ben. I forgot to to mention before that that was a long one, but uh, that's fine. I wanted to play the whole thing because I do think Ben make some really good points about this episode in that it was nice to see characters have like a feature episode kind of without them dying at the end. Right. Which we have seen all too many times. You know, T-Dog suddenly gets more lines and then he's dead. Herschel has a big hero episode and he's dead, you know, a couple episodes later. Um, And and here we got uh, Daryl and Beth focused on them uh, and they came out of it alive. Now that doesn't mean they're going to survive very much longer, but at least Beth or one of them wasn't killed off right at the end, and that is a good point, and I'm I'm happy about that.
1: Yep, I'd agree.
0: Uh, um, as for the zombie sound, our uh, our friends over at the uh, Walking Dead cast, Jason and Karen, they love the zombie sounds, and uh, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> maybe that's maybe he Ben's sound was meant for them, but thank you nonetheless, well, Ben. That
1: was fun. It was nice to get a sound. Sure, I believe sure. that's our first zombie sound. Yeah, probably. I yeah. think so. Never really asked for them before, but there you go. All right, so we have a call from Michael in Weaverville, California. Hi, my name is Michael from Weaverville, California. Um, in reference to the welcome to the dog trot. In the latest episode uh, still, um, it refers to a southern style of architecture uh, where you have two rooms or two buildings separated by a uh, breezeway. I found this on uh, the internet, of course, and through Wikipedia. Hope this helps and uh, keep up the good work.
0: Thanks, Michael. So, a dog trot, Jason. If only, you know, we were smart enough to look this up before we, uh, we recorded on Monday and didn't yep. know what it meant. Um, I went and found some more information on the dog trot as well. And apparently, well, Michael's absolutely right. It is, think of taking two houses, okay, and putting them right beside each other and then having a tunnel that's more or less outdoors, although it's covered by a roof, sort of in between the two houses. Like, think about having two houses with a deck in between them.
1: W- weren't we going to do that at one point? We were? Didn't we? Didn't I? Didn't? Was it you that I was talking to one time I was going to buy the house next door and we're going to build a bridge?
0: Oh, well, I've thought of that before, actually, because the houses in my neighborhood are pretty close together, right? And yeah. I share a driveway with my neighbor. So... Yeah, if I ever could own my house and the house next door, I think it would be awesome to have a bridge between the two.
1: Yeah, because there's, yeah, right, the the landings on the stairs would match up, and there's a perfect spot to build a bridge. So that's. uh, The houses are kind of. But that's not a dog trot, though.
0: No. My house, the houses on my street, some of them are kind of mirror images of each other, which isn't the case in in mine. And uh, yeah, you could build a bridge between the two houses. However, yeah, dog trot is more. It's one house with what they call a breezeway down the middle, which is just an open area between the two houses, yet covered with a roof, kind of like, and kind of attached to a deck that wraps around the front of both of the houses. Right. So it's interesting. I guess dog trot just means that your dog can trot between the houses without really going inside.
1: Yeah, it's just a a euphemism for a walkway.
0: Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um I don't know how that applies exactly to the clubhouse on the golf course, unless it was designed this way. Um, or
1: maybe it was the walkway between the uh, the upper class uh, members of the uh, the oh. Pine Vista and the lower class. Uh, the, well, not really lower class, but differently classed people that uh, that came and took over and uh, murdered all of those those upper class members.
0: Sure. So it was a uh, it was a sort of a dividing line between the two, and that's how they were using it in the episode. Yeah, it could be. That's, my, that's the only
1: correlation I can think of.
0: All right. Nonetheless, though, interesting to learn something new, you know, what a dog trot is. Yeah, absolutely. Learn something every day. Okay, is it my turn? It is. All right. This is an email. It comes from James in New York City. And James says, I think the writers knew that this episode would air during the Oscars, so it was written as an episode where not a lot would happen. I remember listening to an interview with Vince Gilligan about the Breaking Bad episode Fly. That was also an episode that aired against something else on TV that would draw the audience away. It was written so the wider audience wouldn't miss anything if they missed out on the show that week. So if you're not familiar with Breaking Bad, you probably don't have any idea what this means. But um, I've always been told, or I've always read, that the episode in question of Breaking Bad, which I've seen and I remember quite well, was more of a budgetary thing where they had to have kind of a small self-contained episode to save budget for something they big they wanted to do later in the season right whether or not it was up against some other uh program i don't know but i i don't know do you think they would do that put on an episode that they that they don't mind losing ratings to because of something else it doesn't seem like something that they would do
1: uh, no, I mean, budgetary constraints, maybe, but if they're, you know, if they want to pull out the big guns on uh on the season finale and like the really, really big guns. And so they wanted to have a little tiny episode that didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of required budget. This would be perfect. Yeah. But then again, I don't
0: know if the, the comparison to the Breaking Bad episode Fly is totally apt. Yes. I mean, Fly had one, I think, actor and it was in one location. Right. More or less. This... You know, this episode of The Walking Dead, yes, it focused on just two of the actors, but we did go to a golf course, we did go to the Moonshine Shack, yeah. um, so it's not like they were confined to one room the whole time, and there was a giant fire, which that, you got to think that cost money.
1: Well, yeah, the fire, the fire would cost money, the, uh, you know, the outside of the of the country club would cost money, whether you're trying to make a field look like a golf course or a golf course look like a field uh there's yeah i guess there's uh and they had there was lots of extras too right mm-hmm. and a lot of uh practical effects in here too like they had to hang a bunch of people without actually killing them which would uh which is handy mm-hmm. uh, so all those things would cost money i guess if they were really trying to uh cut down on the budget they would just uh, uh they would get Daryl and Beth trapped in a water cooler or a... Uh, trunk of a car? Uh, a trunk of a car the whole yeah. episode. Yeah, that that would do it right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so where are we? Okay, so we got an email from Roman in Toronto. I think it was Chris who said that the last episode was pandering to Daryl fans. I couldn't agree more. I like Daryl as a character in The Walking Dead universe, but I hope the writers understand that Rick and Carl are the heart of The Walking Dead. I feel like the writer sold out a little with the exclusive Daryl episode. I'm surprised he didn't take his shirt off and run through the water. (laughs) Slow motion style.
0: Yeah, with his hair flapping around in in the breeze. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had that feeling a little bit that they feel like they got to throw episodes about Daryl specifically in there because he's such a fan favorite. I kind of... You
1: know, I don't mind that as long as the story is good, right? Well, I mean, they've done that with uh, in all kinds of reputable shows. I mean, in MASH, they gave Radar episodes. He was just a bit character <clears throat> that uh, became a fan favorite or even um, Bubbles on uh, Trailer Park Boys. Again, wasn't even really conceived as being, have you ever watched Trailer Park Boys?
0: I've seen it a little bit. I'm, I wonder if anyone else out there knows
1: it. That's. I wonder if that oh. aired in the States. I don't know, but it's the uh the whole mockumentary television show mm-hmm. It started it all. Like it was the predecessor to The Office and all kinds of shows like that. I'm this... pretty
0: sure Trailer Park Boys didn't influence The Office that much.
1: Well, it uh where you're talking to the camera and then you have a pretend uh documentary going on in the background. Mm, okay. It was it, I don't know if it influenced it, but it was it, it definitely predated it. Sure. That will that all grant you so uh anyway uh, go watch Trailer Park Boys it's extremely funny and low budget and not but... indicative of Canadian society in general <laughs> <laughs> no not really but Bubbles was a was a fan favorite on there and they had to uh, amp up his character because he was so well loved right right actually all the characters are well loved such a great show you know as as long as it
0: serves the greater plot i'm i'm okay with it I just wasn't entirely sure that this episode of The Walking Dead did that all that much.
1: Or Hero on Heroes.
0: <laughs> yeah, name a guy after the title of your show. What could possibly go wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember the uh, the actor who played Hero, I forget his name. Uh he was he'd say the girls would come up to him all the time and say, "Oh man, I know you're from Heroes. My boyfriend loves you." And then would walk away. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure he was super happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, righty. Our next email comes from Katie in Hertfordshire, UK. Uh, some people have moaned about this episode because there wasn't much zombie action, but I'd like to just make a point that the show is not all about blood and guts. There has to be some character development and emotion. People seem to forget that the most important thing in The Walking Dead
1: is the survivors, not the zombies. Well, that makes perfect sense. I think the next one kind of rolls into that. Uh, Kevin in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm tired of The Walking Dead fans bitch about these slower episodes, then brush them off as useless filler. A great show like this needs character building episodes to make sure the show continues to be great. If you want lots of killing and zombie deaths, go play a video game. Storylines like this make the eventual loss of these characters much more impactful and make the overall storyline more realistic. Granted, some episodes are better than others, and when looking at the story as a whole, this season is shaping up to be fantastic. So, yeah, good. I mean,
0: we this episode was pretty polarizing. I think a lot of people make arguments like this that I think are perfectly valid and love this episode, and then a lot of people think it was just completely a waste of time. Right. I do fall somewhere in between, but I've gone and. I've gone on ad nauseum, Jason, at my uh I love that phrase. I know at my feelings about this one. Um but it did it does seem to break people into two different camps here. Either this was filler completely boring and a total waste of time, or it was solid character development that this show needs. And uh I wanted to include sort of, you know, I wanted to include emails from people that had took both sides because even though I was not a huge fan. I can see where they're coming from, you know? Yeah, I I would agree with that. All right, our next email is Angie in Birmingham. I think I know why this last episode barely rated a meh for me. I just don't care about the characters. Don't get me wrong. I love Daryl, who doesn't. But why, oh, why do I want to watch 45 minutes of Daryl and Beth get drunk and start a fire? <laughs> when I want to know how Rick, Carl, and Michonne are doing. Have they found Sanctuary? Where is Glenn going? Will he and Maggie be reunited? Will Rick and Co. meet with Tyrese, Carol and the kids on the road? Uh, Will Rick and company meet with Tyrese, Carol, and the kids on the road? (laughs) Just to redo that sentence. (laughs) Come to think of it, will Lizzie go full psycho before the groups rejoin or after? Will Carol and Tyrese, will Carol tell Tyrese the truth? So many questions. And instead, we get... this (laughs) fair point it is you know when you list off all the questions and all the the unknowns like that I guess you could do that at any point though in the show there's always going to be things that haven't been wrapped up or are left you know on the table that that they will get to eventually but fair point like again it's a lot of episode to put together when we have a lot of things going on right now
1: well, hopefully uh they're saving up. You know, they're 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 pulling back for that uh that big punch. They're just winding up, I think.
0: Yeah, and you know what? This show, I've said it before, this show for me for the most part has built up t- built things up and generally paid off pretty well. So
1: maybe that's what we're going for some big payoff gut punch at the end. Yeah, I'm hoping for a big payoff. Mm-hmm. All right, we have an email from Matt in New Jersey. Chris I think you need to stop visiting the States. You're starting to sound like the average American now, i.e. you hate 70% of each episode. I love the character-building episodes of the show, but I know it'll end up being hated by half of the people watching them. I actually watched a full episode of AMC's Talking Dead for once, and they mentioned the hanging people. They weren't failed suicides, but rather more class warfare. It seems whoever lived in the country club hated rich people and decided to murder them. Hanging some while killing others and affixing them to mannequin legs. All
0: right, so Matt has a couple of different
1: points here. Um, he's accusing me of being American, right?
0: I, I you know, I, Matt is from New Jersey, so he's American, so I guess he's allowed to do that.
1: Well, I don't quite get the uh, the reference to uh, you're starting to sound like an American because you hate seventy percent of each episode. Is well, that an American thing?
0: Well, I I don't know. I'm I'm not really sure either. But I maybe maybe Matt seems to think that. Uh, People in the States hate on stuff more. Or
1: maybe he thinks that Canadians tend to to not. That might be more accurate. Or maybe uh, Americans break down their hatred into uh, percentages. (laughs) Maybe. I don't think it's fair to say I hate 70% of each episode. That feels
0: high to me. And I also, just to speak in my own defense a little bit, I also don't think I actually hate very much of any episode. I may have used that word when talking about the golf course section. I don't remember exactly. But I got to say, I really think that was a really poor section of, of episode. So if if it comes to hate, then fine. I did hate that part. Right. Um, overall, though, uh, you know, I try to see the good and the bad in episodes because there have been very few that are 100% awesome, and I don't think any that are 100% bad, so I try to see both sides. And if I've been a little harsh lately, it's just the way I am, just the way right. I feel about these ones.
1: Well, there you go.
0: Yeah, and uh, his second point about AMC's Talking Dead, for for this for once this week I didn't actually watch much of it, so I didn't see the comment about um, about the class warfare, but it sounds like you sort of figured that out anyways, Jason.
1: Well, I kind of did, but it wasn't based on this. I thought that there were failed suicides. I didn't realize that this was also part of that same kind of thing.
0: Yeah, uh, but I guess it could have been if if a, if a group, you know, broke in there or there was some sort of disagreement between people of different statures. Then Kerfuffle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, all right, a kerfuffle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's, uh, define kerfuffle.
1: Uh, a, a, you know, a wind-up.
0: <laughs> that doesn't help at all.
1: <laughs> no, not really.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Yeah. Christian from West Frolunda, Gothenburg, Sweden. Gothenburg. Gothenburg. I have a feeling that's supposed to be an N, not an R. Anyways, it's, it could be my mistake. I'm not sure. I apologize, Christian. And I'm I'm sure the pronunciation was bad, too. Anyways, the more I think about this episode, the more I like it. At first, I thought it was just dumb and didn't really move the plot forward. Now, I think it gave more depth to the world and the two characters. Although uh, going to get wasted may be a pleasant idea, I think it is quite stupid if you are not holed up in a fortress of some kind. The most stupid idea in this episode, though, is to torch a building in the middle of a forest where the last firefighter clocked out like 18 months ago. The wildfire that uh, that wildfire would have been a real problem for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Starting a fire is bad, but Beth is a firebug. So, uh, what what are you going to do? Yeah, I guess so. All right. So we have an email from Paul in Bakersfield. I thought Beth wanting booze the entire episode was stupid, but I changed my mind while listening to your show. I think she has made a bucket list. I've heard that soldiers go through three stages of awareness. One is, it can't happen to me. Two is, if I'm not careful, it will happen to me. And three is, if I stay in combat, it will eventually happen to me. I think the third part is considered to be the most realistic way to look at a situation when people desert desert their posts, go crazy, or accept their fate. In the Walking Dead universe, you can desert by killing yourself, go crazy, or accept one day that a zombie will get you. I think Beth is in the third stage after seeing her father die, while the rest of the group is still in the first or second stage. Having having accepted her fate, I think she has made a bucket list of uh, things she has never done, and having a drink of alcohol was one of them. Right, so she's just
0: trying to, she just has, she's accepted the fact that she's going to die, so she's just going to go after booze, that's it? Right.
1: What about Daryl? Is she going to go after Daryl?
0: <laughs> Maybe I don't know. She hugged him pretty strong there at the end. Is,
1: is Daryl on her bucket list? I didn't get the impression that that was uh, that was the case. But I no, know.
0: I don't know. Um, I, I I think the 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 three stages of awareness that uh, Paul outlines here for soldiers. And when I read that the first time, it was three stages of awesomeness. I, I don't know. <laughs> Those are different. I think they are. the three stages of awareness he identifies here are interesting. Like, and I can see how people go from a place of overconfidence to an acceptance of the surroundings they're in. Right. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. And then if 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 that's what's happening to Beth and she's made a bucket list of, okay, I I understand now that I'm you know I could die at any time, so I want to try booze before I die. Fair enough
1: yeah I still didn't
0: I still didn't love it though just it just seems like a ridiculous thing to do when you're presented with you know presented with this in your face this sort of
1: dangerous environment so I think Beth uh, really needs to learn about the three stages of tequila if she's going to start drinking are you familiar with the three stages of tequila Uh, I've had some tequila in my life but no I don't know the three stages the first stage is you become God's gift to the opposite sex And then the second stage, after you move past that, is you become uh, independently wealthy and have all the money in the world. And the third stage, which I've only ever reached once, you become invisible. (laughs) You've gotten the invisible stage? I've gotten to the invisible stage, and I think in my youth I liked tequila a little too much. I got to admit, I enjoy the tequila. Yeah, the tequila's good
0: stuff. Um, Although I haven't had it in in a long time.
1: Oh, it's been way too long. The last time I had it, it was absolutely horrendous. It was ju- it was just this bad, weird tequila that just tasted bad, and uh, 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 weird things didn't happen, which really turned me off, because really, uh, when I drink tequila, weird things do happen, and I like that, but uh, the last <laughs> time I had it, weird things didn't happen, so I kind of lost interest. You didn't have enough. You didn't get to the first stage of tequila. No, I got to the second stage, but the, I never quite made it to the third stage. Okay, good. Do you? I think you were there. You remember that party where uh, I was at Scott's place, and I got Scott on my shoulders, and I was riding a unicycle? Yeah, that was years ago, man. That's I mean, the
0: last time I had tequila. Talk about inside
1: baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you should have yeah. replaced Scott with Dave. At least people have heard of Dave. We were juggling torches. That was a good time, but it uh, <laughs> wasn't because of the tequila.
0: You are such a clown. <laughs> Um, Our next email, is it Mark in England? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Mark says, I feel that this was the weakest episode in a long time. I enjoyed the previous one and disagreed with the assessment that it was filler, but much of this one felt like filler to me. That being said, there were still positives. I've been thinking for a while that Daryl has become too perfect, and it would be interesting to see him revert to type a bit. I feel this episode did this just the right amount to show his inner struggle without sending him completely back to who he was in season one. Mega douche. <laughs> yeah, he he became mega douche in this, which isn't quite the level of douche he was in season one, I guess.
1: <laughs> right. But he missed the squirrel, right? So uh, maybe he yeah. is backsliding. He's not perfect anymore because he can't hit that squirrel. He got drunk and pissed in a corner, yelled at Beth uh physically manhandled her outside to teach her how to use a crossbow in spite no he's definitely not perfect in this episode
0: no he he when you when you lay it out like that it sounds like he's a mega douche
1: yeah so he's the yeah maybe uh you know he had to fall off his horse he had to blame himself for that thing become mega douche for an episode and now he's going to be uh mr happy fun time awesome again and he'll be hitting all the squirrels right between the eyes well, we've down the list here, we've got another email about the squirrels, so uh, let's move on and, and slowly get to that one. All right, so the next we have an email from Lauren in Sutter Creek, California. The reason this was done as a Daryl and Beth episode only is, only is, I think, it's building up to something big that will happen in the next few episodes. I think it's Beth's death, which is discussed in the still episode, but it could be Daryl's death, unlikely, or Beth and Daryl romance. Also unlikely. Could be.
0: Um I I've I'm in some ways I'm surprised Beth has lasted this long.
1: You think they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna geek her? I think they might.
0: Uh I don't know why I think that, because I, I felt like Beth you know, I didn't think she'd survive the assault on the farm way back in season two. I didn't think she'd survive the governor. I didn't think she'd survive various other things yet. Here she is still kicking along, and she's a better character now, and she's a stronger character now and uh maybe that is a maybe this is what they're doing It's a slow build up of Beth instead of a quick like hero episode for her, and they're gonna kill right. her off
1: well, if she's in her third stage of awesomeness and has achieved the only thing on her bucket list, uh she's a goner
0: yeah you you could be very right about that I mean <laughs> Is it going to happen next week, or is it going to happen at the end of season four, or is it going to happen season five? I don't know.
1: Well, I think that if they're building up to that, it's going to happen uh, uh, this season, like maybe in the finale. How many episodes do we have left? We have four left. Four left? So she may survive a couple of them, but they've been known to to, to throw stuff in like this before the finale, so maybe, uh, maybe she's not long for this world. Yeah, maybe not. Um, I don't know. No one's died yet this
0: in this back half of the season so that's true they could be going for it okay our next email comes from Darcy in somewhere uh let's see Janjuk Victoria Australia sure I looked this place up and it is a real place and it looks like a really nice surfing (laughs) town in Australia that's nice have we ever
1: had people come from made up places
0: well, I not that I know of. Come <laughs> to think of it, hey, but, it's a real place. <laughs> no, no, no. I, it's I just I I went looking for a pronunciation. It's J A N space J U C, and so right. I don't know if it's Jan Juke, Jan Juck, or if they're soft Js and it's Yan Juke. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but anyways, that's where Darcy is from, and it looks like a lovely little surfing town in Australia.
1: Oh, this looks nice. I'm doing Google Street View right now, and it looks lovely. See, I'm telling you.
0: Anyways, Darcy says. Beth goes from happy drunk to realistic drunk to crying drunk and then arsonist drunk. I hope Beth doesn't get drunk and burn down Terminus. Overall, tonight was an amazing episode. Daryl finally shared his story with us, and Beth showed she isn't as weak as we thought she was. And the middle finger is back in style. Yeah,
1: so it's three stages of drunk. (laughs)
0: the four actually yeah
1: okay so you happy drunk realistic drunk crying drunk and arsonist drunk i've never gotten arsonist drunk no neither have i crying drunk (laughs) that's the first stage for you no no i go uh i'm i'm pretty much a happy drunk i've been accused of uh drunk jason being exactly the same as sober jason (laughs) (laughs) you're drunk right now i'm drunk right now (laughs) So, okay, so the middle finger is back in style. That's awesome. Uh, All right, so we have an email from Brian in St. Louis. Did they really just burn down the only decent shelter they had in a few days in the middle of the night while they were drunk? It has to be the worst decision made by a character in the show yet, on the worst episode yet. What was the point other than a 60-minute beer run? Yeah, um,
0: I'm sort of with Brian there, and burning down the only shelter they've had in a few days Seriously, like, why not at least spend the night there, then burn it down? Right. Well, you know why? Thing, things burn better at night. I They're was just, much more entertaining. I was just going to say, House on Fire looks better at night.
1: Look at the zombie barn in the, at the episode of, or the uh, finale of season two. That was at night because it looks better.
0: It looked fantastic, actually. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you think this was a, uh, a Harold and Kumar go to White Castle kind of episode? <laughs>
0: it was just their mission for something they were obsessed yeah. with at the time. No Neil Patrick Harris, though. No, glad he didn't show up. Yeah. All right, this email, next one, comes from Justin on the internet. Loved Daryl's stronger accent as he got drunk. I have noticed a lot of people whose accent, mine included, gets stronger when drunk. Excellent acting all around by Norman this episode.
1: I wonder what his accent is.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I don't know. He's got Wait. one of those internet access a- accents. Yeah, that's right. He sounds like he's from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the funny thing about that is, though, when you think
1: about the way you speak, Jason, do you think of yourself as having an accent? Well, no. But then again, I've never tried to soften my accent either. And I know some people do, whether they, uh, you know... English is their native language, but they know that they have an accent and they want to soften it for whatever reason, or, uh, you know, they're, they're speaking not their native language and they know they have a, an accent and they want to soften it. Um, so I've never thought about trying to soften my accent, but we also have, you know, a very neutral kind of accent. I know there's things that, that stick out, but, uh, overall it's a, it's, I think it's a very neutral way, kind of way of talking, sort of like a Midwest yeah, n- you're right. I mean, we've listeners
0: have told us many times actually that well, you know what, come to think of it, we've had as many people say that boy, do you guys ever sound Canadian <laughs> as people who have said, no, you sound like just neutral anyone else could be could be from the states or or any other sort of neutral sounding English speaking country. Right. Which I guess is Canada and the US.
1: Well, you know, is it is it accent or is it terminology? Like we've we've used terms that are very Canadian. Like hoser, like Hoser and a, <laughs> and we're going to the Tim hortons, eh, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, you're right, I don't know, maybe that's what it is, but well, I don't think of myself as having an accent, and i and I wouldn't imagine that someone in Australia or someone in the u k really thinks of themselves as having an accent, but maybe they do, I don't know,
1: like well, we need to have a poll, okay, we need to you know tell us where you're from and whether you think you have an accent and whether you do have an accent. Right. <laughs>
0: I I guess. It's, I don't know. It's I think it might be a perspective thing, right? We here think everyone else has an accent. Wherever you are from, you think everyone else has an accent, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. But the point is, does your accent get stronger when you're wasted?
1: Uh, No. I, I might try accents more if I'm wasted. Sure. Like, I might try a Russian accent or uh, an Irish accent. They're bad. Like they're just absolutely horrible. But I, I I'm more likely to try them.
0: You know what people are gonna ask us now? <sighs> to get drunk and try accents? To get drunk and do a podcast, yeah. Yeah. Th- I'm th- I'm too old to get drunk though. It's just the way it is.
1: Yeah. There was a, there was a podcast I listened to, I think it was Drunk Girl or something like that. Do you remember that? It was no. way back when when podcasting was first started, there was uh there was a podcast where this I think that this woman would get drunk and talk about shit on the internet. Yeah, you know, I've and heard of... And
0: I subscribed. Of course you did. I've heard of stuff <laughs> like that, but I don't know. I can't uh, I can't endorse that kind of thing.
1: No, it got boring real fast. It was just, you know, it was really exactly what it was cracked up to be, a drunk girl talking about shit on the internet. Sure. It gets okay. boring pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So we have an email from CJ in DC. Uh, there was some uh, discussion regarding the little plastic jar that Daryl found in the country club. You guys didn't know what it was for, but to me it looked like a little plastic spice jar filled with cinnamon sticks. Stuff like that would be worth its weight in gold in the zombie apocalypse. Later you also see Daryl chewing on a cinnamon stick, which seemed to confirm my suspicion. Right. And my problem with this is that from what I could tell the jar was empty, wasn't it? Uh- it was not. I went back and uh, had a very close look at that scene and when he was pulling the jar off. When he was pulling the jar off the shelf, he, he was also shining a flashlight on it, so it uh, was very shiny. It was a plastic container, mm-hmm. and it was looked like a spice, uh, a spice container. <clears throat> and from what I could see, it looked like uh, there was a couple of cinnamon sticks, two, maybe three cinnamon sticks inside that container. Okay, fair so, enough. I agree. And he was, and I did see the scene where he was chewing on a cinnamon stick a little bit later. All right. Well, that
0: totally, I'm totally fine with it then. You know, if it was an empty plastic jar that he was taking for no reason or just to hold air, I don't think I'd get it. But uh, cinnamon sticks, totally. I can see that. You can, I guess you can, can you eat them sort of? I I don't know. (laughs) You can at least suck on them or chew on them like he was. I think we
1: might have some. I might try it. I, I go downstairs and try it. All right.
0: You should. Uh, and I'm fine with it. You know, take what you need to survive. And I guess Mr. Dixon needs cinnamon sticks. Mm-hmm. All righty. Our next email comes from Clayton in Texas. Clayton says, I had the impression that Daryl missed the squirrel because of, because of the broken bolt shaft. Any misalignment between the tip shaft and fletchings would throw off the shot. Graphite bolt shafts can only take so much abuse before giving up the ghost. Could also be he missed because he hasn't had sights on his crossbow since leaving the prison.
1: Right, and that makes perfect sense. That the arrow, that the bolt was broken before he shot at the squirrel, and that's why he missed the squirrel. Or the... And, then... and that makes me feel all kind of warm and fuzzy inside, because to me that makes sense, because now I can still believe in Daryl being the, the perfect eye master shot, and uh, I can still hold on to that belief, and it was an equipment failure. That's right. It's the
0: bolt's fault. Yeah. Yeah. If it was just cracked a little, then it was on its last legs anyways. So it, uh, he missed, it broke, he moves on. Yeah. And Daryl doesn't need any
1: sights. That's crazy. That's right. His eyes are perfectly aligned (laughs) to his target. That's it's like Han Solo. Han Solo doesn't need, uh, sights. He just shoots from the hip and Greedo takes it in the face. That's it. You got it. All right. So we have an email from Martin in York, North Yorkshire, UK. Yorkshire, probably. I just thought I'd email to point out that uh, God Save the Queen does count technically as a national anthem, not, a, not as a bonus one for the UK. Right. And
0: I just want to clarify that when I said that God Save the Queen is a bonus national anthem, I meant for Canada, not the right. UK. It is, of course, the anthem for the UK. Here, it used to be our anthem a long time ago, before we got O Canada. Uh, But now it's just sung as kind of a bonus national anthem, but not officially recognized.
1: Right. Okay, so Martin goes on to say, uh, also, while I don't necessarily agree with your assessment of what could happen at Terminus, I thought I would add some fuel to your fire. In terms of a railway network, the Terminus is quite literally the end of the line for you. Uh you are suggesting that it could be the end of the end of the line for a character or two, aren't you?
0: Yes, I am. And maybe that's maybe Beth is going to get there, feel all warm and fo- warm and cozy let her guard down and that's when it's going to happen.
1: Or or maybe uh she'll get there and become the terminator. <laughs> you never know. She'll kill everybody there. But you know, yeah,
0: I, yeah, she'll be the last woman standing. <laughs> That was just uh that was um misdirection in the episode when she told Daryl that he'll be the last man standing, it'll be her. Right. She's gonna take him out first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, I'm actually kind of surprised after thinking about Martin's email here. I'm surprised that nobody's died in the back half of this season yet.
1: True. You know Or maybe they maybe they have. Maybe we've already uh you know, there was a, a listener on Monday, I think, was talking about uh or maybe it was last week, about Glenn having died and us jumping around in time uh, to make that a little more impactful. Mm-hmm. So maybe Glenn's already dead. But yeah. Well, he yeah, it's, it's tricky because once you start doing, you know, time jumps and stuff, it's like, well, is he already dead? But not really because he's not dead yet. Yes. Um,
0: I think that's an interesting theory. I also don't think it's going to play out that way. But you're right. I mean, if
1: Glenn was dead, technically he would have been dead. We just don't know it. Yeah, but then again, uh, because uh, they're regardless of whether they're jumping around in time, the show is showing us information linearly, and he hasn't died yet, so there has been no deaths in the back back half of season four yet. Yes,
0: yet, <laughs> yet. correct. Um, anyways, we've gone four episodes, and I think we said earlier tonight that you know, the show likes to kill people, and they like to do it at sometimes unexpected times. They don't always save it up for the season finale. They'll do it a couple episodes before. I think Shane died one or two episodes before the end of that season, right? Uh, that's right. And No, um, Shane
1: died on the, the finale. It was uh, uh, Daryl, not Daryl, Dale that died. Uh, before the finale. Wait a minute. No, Shane
0: definitely died in the second to last episode because the last episode was all about the barn on fire. Right. Okay, you're right. And Dale died a couple episodes before that.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: So they did all their killing, and then the finale was the big nighttime fire. More people
1: died, like Jimmy and um, Herschel's wife, right? No, Herschel's wife was already dead, but there was another son, I think. Otis's wife. Otis's wife died, yeah. I forget his,
0: I forget her name now, but, so more people died, but I mean, major characters died before the finale, which, which is a good way to surprise people, right? That's, that's true, yeah. Because we are trained as viewers to expect something big in, like, finale, big episodes, and then The Walking Dead's throwing it in earlier on to throw us off a little bit, so. Right. I'm kind of surprised no one's died yet. And if not, we should be expecting someone to die in the next three episodes before the finale, maybe even next week.
1: Yeah, I would think so.
0: All right, our final email for the night comes from Beth in Arkansas. Beth says, I have tried moonshine many years ago. (laughs) A lot of A's in the word many, in case you couldn't tell. And it is pretty nasty. Beth would have been gasping and trying not to gag. She at least would have made the whiskey face, not calmly state, this is unpleasant, sir. I get the feeling her never had a drink isn't entirely true. I don't know. She drank that stuff like a pro.
1: Yeah, I call bullshit on on her reaction of drinking moonshine, like completely and totally. Yeah. I don't know whether it's meant to be bullshit, like uh, Beth is a a hardcore alcoholic 17-year-old, or if uh they gave her uh you know grape juice to to drink or you know just basically water and said uh, make this seem like it's unpleasant and she went with ooh that's unpleasant
0: what are the rules i mean it was probably just water in in reality right
4: yeah
1: what do you I know what so. the rules are for
0: drinking actual alcohol on screen
1: there's no rules well there there's are no in
0: canadian advertising for example you can't show people drinking the beer in beer commercials,
1: right? But the the that's it's not advertising. It's uh, you know a television show where they're actually supposed to be drinking alcohol, and I don't think there's any rules about that, whether it's real or not. They're drinking something. Well, that's what I mean. That appears though. to be alcohol.
0: Yeah, I, I get it, but I mean, in 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 alcohol ads, I know this isn't an ad, but I'm just using it as an example of an, an, a situation where there is a rule about it, and I'm not even sure if that is still the case. But I know at one point in time. The you weren't allowed to show actual alcohol consumption in a commercial on TV here, right? I don't know if that's still the case, I don't know. But well, that, that's an
1: advertising rule, not a television show rule. And my question is, are there similar rules for television shows? Yeah, I don't know. I know for Canadian drug ads, you can either advertise the name of the drug or what it does, but not both. Right. Um, which is f- which is a funny situation to be in.
0: It is. And so advertisers come up with clever ways to indicate what the drug does and therefore are able to still say the name. Right. Right? Like, yeah. Um. well, we don't need to go into examples, but they show people dancing around all happy because they've used a drug that has treated their erectile dysfunction, for example. That's right. <laughs> but they don't say the name of the drug. Anyways. <laughs> exactly. Um. I don't know if there are rules for booze on TV shows in the States, or in Canada for that matter. But what I'm, all I'm trying to get at is, if they wanted to, they maybe could have given her actual hard liquor to drink, so her reaction would have been possibly a little bit more realistic, or more likely it was just water and they rely on her acting abilities to react to it. Right.
1: At the very least, at the very, very least, what they could have done was get her in a room with a camera and some real alcohol, like even weeks before, and have her have a big old drink and film it and so she could learn what her reaction would be if she drank some nasty, nasty alcohol. The only explanation I can think of is that uh, Emily Kinney does not drink and uh, didn't want to actually consume alcohol for uh, a scene in a television show. Could be.
0: Who knows, really. Um, In real life, she's certainly uh, not... It's not like she's too young or something. She's 29 or 30 years old in real life. So, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know. You're you're right. But point is her reaction wasn't all that realistic for a 18-year-old person who's never had a sip of alcohol before.
1: And drinking moonshine. Yeah, the harshest stuff you can probably imagine. (laughs) Like you might as well, like not even lighter fluid would actually do it because lighter fluid would be like, oh, that's absolutely gross. But I don't think that would be quite the reaction you'd get from drinking moonshine. I, I think, you know, battery acid, maybe. <laughs> Please, do
0: not go and drink lighter fluid or battery acid. Oh, God, no. Do oh, not God, do no. that.
1: But I'm just, I'm thinking that uh, moonshine, the taste of it, I just, I can't imagine how horrifying it would be to drink uh, moonshine. Because I, I don't like hard alcohol in any way, shape, or form, except for tequila. Uh, and... just i can't imagine it how unpleasant it would be no
0: so anyways that's crossed off her bucket list now so whatever the next thing is maybe uh it'll be a little more realistic
1: maybe maybe she wants to uh weave a basket who knows (laughs) yeah maybe i don't know we'll see crafting i want to get drunk and craft some stuff and make a scrapbook Oh, scrapbooking. That's very popular
0: right now. I know. There's big money to be made in scrapbooking, I've heard. Yeah. She already writes a diary, though. So maybe that was one of her uh, bucket list items, too. Start a diary. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Thank you to everyone who wrote and called in. It's always super fun to read your points, and enlightening often, too, because you bring up items or points that we haven't thought of or didn't consider or just plain old missed. So... Uh, it is really awesome whenever, when everyone sends in their feedback. If you want to send in feedback, you can do so by calling us on the toll-free on line, 1-866-483-9662. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Talking Dead. But as I've said, I'm not on the Twitter all that much because so many people confuse our Twitter handle with AMC's Talking Dead Twitter handle. So it can be hard to filter through all the tweets sometimes. Right but we're there so uh, you know I do check it every couple of days <laughs> and I try to respond when it's clear clearly for us but mean, even better place is Facebook we're on there all the time facebook.com slash the talking dead the page is going strong uh, I mentioned on Monday that we passed 20,000 likes which is amazing just want to thank everyone once again we're now at like 20,500 already so nice the more likes you have the more likes you get that's awesome Send your email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. That'll get to us. And for the most part, I know everyone knows what they're doing when they're sending email there.
1: Email is a tried and true technology.
0: It really is. Um, And please, please keep recording your favorite scenes from The Walking Dead. Send those in. Go to our website. Use the send voicemail button or just record them on your phone and email them to us. They are super awesome, and I'm having a really good time playing them. I hope you guys are having a good time hearing them, too. I know you are, Jason. I'm having an awesome time hearing them. They're, uh,
1: they're, they're my favorite thing.
0: All I right. Know. That's wicked. And if you want to help support the show, a great way to do it is to uh, do all your Amazon shopping. But first, go to amazon.talkingdeadpodcast.com, and a tiny little piece of your purchase comes our way. And we have no idea what you bought which, uh, you know, in case you're worried about that, it's not like we can pinpoint that item to that person. really doesn't work that way. So, well, uh, they don't give us any item information, so we can't even guess. Well, I do know what items were purchased, but I have no idea who they went to. You do? Yeah, just to give us, to, to show a breakdown of the kind of things that people use your link to buy. Oh. Ah, right? Gives me fancy. a little bit more information on uh, on what's going out, but again cool don't know that i don't know what it is it doesn't tie back to you specifically in any way so it's a really easy way to support help support the show and it doesn't cost you an extra cent so uh we uh, really appreciate everything that uh, people do all righty so next week as i mentioned on monday could be a little weird i hope no one is too upset about that i'm going to be in texas for south by southwest And I am not 100% sure if I will be able to record on Monday night. But worst case scenario, Jason, here's what we're going to do. Okay. I am back here at home by Wednesday night. So worst case scenario, we will record a podcast on Wednesday when everything is back to normal and do our best to fit in, you know, as much sort of podcast content as we can. Does that sound okay to you? That sounds okay.
1: And we'll call it the 151 Mega Episode. Oh, yeah. one. <laughs> I like that. I like that yeah, already. So that that's a worst-case scenario. I'd still prefer to do the two episodes if we can because I like this kind of format. Uh-huh. And it's nice to do a recap of the episode the day after. But, uh, you know, worst-case scenario, we'll do the 151 mega episode. That's right. Okay, good. We'll We'll do
0: our best to – I mean, there'll definitely be something out there. Like I said, I just don't know what it's going to be. But I like the sound of mega episode. Right. Well, we can call all our episodes the mega episode. That's not a problem. Yeah, but then it loses its impact. Yeah. Right? We can call it the
1: the pico episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. We haven't done a live call-in show in a while, and it's been in the back of my mind. So we are going to organize another live call-in show for after the season finale of season four. I'm just going to say it right now.
1: Yeah, well, why don't we do the feedback show live for the season finale?
0: We could do that. But will it, it won't be at the regular time because we want to schedule at a time when most of the world, or at least, you know, a good portion of the world is awake and able to call. Right. Including or, us. Including us. That would help. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll see. We'll definitely do a feedback show live after season four. Let's just put it that way. Cool. All right. Um, that's going to wrap up this podcast. Uh, until next week, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening.
1: Ciao, ciao.
3: brain